Hello and welcome to Nerd Subculture. I am Jared and I'm joined here with me, Jared. And Edwina. And we are doing our first series, our first podcast ever. We are doing the Once More With Feeling, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer series. And uh, and that's what we're going to do, Eddie. So, but we thought that maybe instead of just doing the series, we go all the way back, Eddie. Is that right? Yep. All the way back to where it all began with the 1992 movie with Christy Swanson and Luke Perry. Did you see this movie back in the day? Uh, yeah, I saw this film back in the day. Uh, I remember it coming out and um, sort of being pretty popular at the time. I didn't go to the cinemas to see it or anything like that, but uh, uh, I do remember sort of uh, hiring it on, on video, possibly. I can't really remember, but I think I would have hired it on video. I may have watched it on TV a few times, but yeah, I have not seen this film probably since the early 90s, a long, long time. Um, de- de- definitely not something I really wanted to return to at all, um, but uh, I, thought for, I thought for this series, I thought we'd be nice to start from where it's all started from the original film uh and uh, to see how that weighs up today watching it in this day and age it's it's very 90s isn't it like watching oh it, yes it's, yes it's one of those quintessential 90s films that when you watch it it's like oh yeah i mean it's only 1992 so it's kind of barely the 90s really when you think about it but it's uh it, it is it is really like just like this yeah sort of, or it still has like like the colors are really bright yeah you, you'd almost think that um they'd walked off the set of uh of Clueless or something, and straight into this film, like it's just yeah, it's it's very similar to it's similar to those movies of that time. Mm. Okay, so I yeah probably saw this movie probably around ninety three. I'd say like when it would have come out on. They used to take a year from the cinema to to VHS. So yeah, mm. probably in about ninety three, I saw yeah. this movie for the first time. I think I did really like it. I do remember singing the cheer song with my friends. Like it was one of those weird. Things that came with the movie, like yeah, you sang mm. these little cheers. Actually, I think I might have seen it at like a, sl- a slumber party. To be <laughs> honest, it sounds like a very much a slumber party. Yeah, movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm. yeah. Now that I think about yeah. it, because I was trying to remember why we were all singing the cheer, and then it sort of came back to me that I'm pretty yeah, sure you we seem to it. remember it quite, quite, uh, quite, <laughs> quite easily. I yeah, yeah. I, I knew it word for word, mm. um, and might have sung along quite correctly. And I probably haven't seen the movie in 10 years. Yeah. And what did you remember? Like before you saw the movie, before we re- did the rewatch, uh, what did you remember about the movie? Uh, I don't remember a, a lot. Uh, I do remember Paul Rubens being in it. Um, and, uh, and, and I do remember why he was cast in this film. We might get into, we'll get into that a bit later. And Luke Perry being in it. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, yeah, that's pretty much all I remember. Yeah, I completely, completely forgot that Rotka Howe was in it. I, I don't even remember him being in it, to be honest. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's in this. Okay, he's a pretty forgettable villain. Yeah, and so. when I, I think you, you said you remembered, um, Luke Perry in the bedroom and his friend at oh, the window. Oh yeah, yeah. The and window. then I said, do you remember who the friend was? Oh yeah, yeah. And you're yeah. like, no, who was the friend? I'm like, that's that was David Arquette was the mm. friend mm. in the window. Right. Okay. Um, it also had, you know, two-time Oscar-winning actress Hilary Swank. Well, don't, definitely didn't remember that. <laughs> uh, I think it was actually her first film too. It feels like she's in a different movie. <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, again, we'll probably get more into that <laughs> later. Um, 
you know, this is a though though Joss Whedon did write the the script for this movie. Uh, he has pretty much said it has nothing to do with the TV series. Yeah, I've read that this is completely a non-canon in the Buffy yes. Buffy verse. Yeah, he pretty much yeah. wiped his hands of it after. Yeah. So we didn't even mention that Donald Sutherland's in it. As well, yeah, um, he's in. I do remember him being in it, but uh, it, but I, don't pretty think, much, I don't think he remembers being in it. Yes, <laughs> uh, pretty much. Joss Whedon is reported to have walked off the set because Donald Sutherland just kept rewriting his lines. But I'm, I don't think he rewrote the lines. I think he just read the script once and then decided to just ad lib mm. the entire thing. Yeah. And the director didn't say anything. Um, but before we get that, let's first go through the synopsis of the film. High school senior Buffy, played by Christy Swanson, attends Henry High School. Her main concerns are shopping and spending time with her rich, snooty friends and her boyfriend, Jeffrey. While at school one day, she is approached by a man who calls himself Merrick, played by Donald Sutherland. He informs her that she is the Slayer, or the Chosen One, destined to kill vampires. And his duty is to guide and train her. She initially rejects his claim, but is convinced when he's able to describe a recurring dream of hers in detail. In addition, Buffy is exhibiting uncanny abilities not known to her, including heightened agility, senses, and endurance, yet she repeatedly tries Merrick's patience with her frivolous nature, indifference to slaying, and sharp tongue remarks. After several successful outings, Buffy is drawn into conflict with Lothos, played by Rotka Hauer, a local vampire king and his acolyte Amlin, played by Paul Rubens. Two young men, Pike, played by Luke Perry, and Benny, played by David Arquette, who resented Buffy and her friends due to differing social circles, are out drinking when they are attacked by Amlin. Benny is turned, but Pike is saved by Merrick. As a vampire, Benny visits Pike and tries to convince Pike to join him. Pike tries to leave town, but is attacked by Amlin and his gang of vampires. Amlin loses an arm in the attack, and Buffy and Merrick arrive to rescue Pike. After this encounter, Buffy and Pike start a friendship and Pike becomes Buffy's partner in fighting the undead. Amlin also abducts Cassandra, a studious girl from Buffy's class, to sacrifice to Lothos. When her body is found, the news spreads through Los Angeles and Henry High, but her murder is met with indifference from Buffy's clique. During a basketball game, Buffy discovers that one of the players and a friend of Jeffrey's is a vampire. After a quick chase to a parade float storage yard, Buffy confronts Lothos shortly after she and Pike take down his gang. Lothos puts Buffy into a trance, which is broken by Merrick's intervention. Lothos stabs Merrick with the stake he attempted to use on him. Lothos leaves, saying Buffy is not ready. As Merrick dies, he tells Buffy to do things her own way rather than live by the rules of others and gives her one final clue, remember about the music. Because of her new life, its responsibilities, and the heartbreak of losing Merrick, Buffy starts neglecting her social life. When she attempts to explain things to her friends, they refuse to understand her, as they are more concerned with an upcoming school dance. Buffy falls out with them as she realises she has outgrown their immature, selfish behaviour. At the senior dance, Buffy is dismayed to find that Jeffrey has dumped her via answering machine and is now seeing one of her friends. However, Pike shows up and they share their first kiss on the dance floor. Lothos sends his remaining minions to the school to attack Buffy at the dance. Buffy confronts the vampires outside while in the gym, Pike fights and kills the vampiric Benny. 
After overpowering the vampires, Buffy confronts Lothos inside the school and kills Amlin. Lothos attempts to entrance Buffy again, but when the music from the dance stops, she remembers Merrick's words, defends herself and escapes. Buffy sees her classmates recovering from the vampire attack, but Lothos bursts into the gym, promising to kill everyone. The Slayer and the Vampire Duel. In the end, Buffy stakes Lothos and kills him. The film ends with Buffy and Pike leaving the dance on a motorbike, riding off into the sunset. The end. Okay. So, getting back to what you were saying before, Eddie, about uh, about you know revisiting it for um, revisiting it in such a long time. Yeah. So, all I really remember about it, I remember there just being so much yellow. Like it's one of those movies. Like- <laughs> Like the saturation of the yellow just was lots really... Lots of yellows, yes. Lots of yes. yellow. I remember that, you know, it was that quirky, you know, the sassy, quirky kind of quick tongue nature of Buffy that I could remember. You know, like the what's the sitch, like the, that language that supposedly girls in the 90s had. Um, according to American movies, yeah, there's a real stereotype of uh, teenage girls of like the like whatever sort of <laughs> whatever. sort of sort of thing. I, yeah. I don't know if that, uh, those girls actually existed. Or like, what's your but, damage? You know, those really contrived, the conceited girls who are just all about shopping and stuff. I mean, I suppose girls were like that, but this is like, I suppose being a film, it's always sort of exaggerated too. Yeah, I remember lots of lots of cheer, lots of cheerleading. I do remember Ru- Paul Rubin. And the overdoing it with the dying scene, uh, lots of Letterman jackets. Um, oh, that you know the classic Buffy look with the prom dress and like the white prom dress and the leather jacket. <laughs> like, yeah, that almost like, seemed like her her uh, superhero outfit. In the yeah, end, yeah, it? that's yeah. A kind of her superhero outfit. Um, it does like that. That's probably one thing that does come back in the. TV series. The, the leather jacket. Oh, the leather jacket and the prom dress. Right, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I do remember that David Arquette thing in the window, like him. Yeah, see, I remember that scene, but no idea it was David Arquette. It's it's so weird to go back and watch that. Yeah. Oh my uh, God, it's, it's him. The fact that why, <laughs> the fact that he's on the second floor, that's why, but Pike's reaction to that. Yeah. Um, Seemed a little non- nonchalant about that. He's <laughs> yes. like, oh, come on, man. Always meets him outside the door, you know? And he's like, oh, actually, we're two stories up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Should we talk yeah. a little bit about the cast as well? Like, you know, it, it was his heyday mm. at the time that he made this this movie. But I was never actually a Luke Perry. Like, you know, most like people who watch, girls who watch 90210, you're either a Luke Perry fan or a Jason Priestley fan. Yeah. Okay, I was yeah. definitely not a Luke. Team Jason, team yeah, Luke, I was. De- team... I was definitely Team Jason. You had the other one, the team. What's it? What's the oh. uh, the other vampire? Team. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, what is it? The um, the Twilight. Yeah. Team. Uh, Jacob. And Shovelface. <laughs> Shovelface. <laughs> what's Shovelface's name? Uh yeah. But you know, you've also got the Angel Spike. Um, yeah. Team, who's Team Angel? Who's Team Spike? Mm. Type thing, you know. And I think Christy Swanson was sort of the it girl at the time. Like she was sort of an up and coming mm. girl. I think they they actually wanted Drew Barrymore. <laughs> oh, I had to look up. I think even Alyssa Milano was yeah, approached. Yeah, Alyssa Milano uh, was also approached. Yeah, they had had a few a uh, few people in mind. Um, yeah, I think either those two could have could have gone either way. You know, I mean. 
I, I don't think it really made the movie. I think you know, the movie's as good as it's going to be. I, I don't think a, a, a lead role change would have, uh, you know, altered the film at all. Yeah, I think um, Donald Sutherland is completely in this for the paycheck. Yeah, <laughs> he, yeah. He, uh, he phones it in pretty much. No, he's just pull, he's just pulling the same face the whole time, and uh, you just tell he does not want to be there. And and even watching one of the uh, the making of uh, videos, and he uh, he's sitting there saying. I'm in a movie called Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and he just looks like hell. Yeah. Like, why did I agree to this? You know, and yep. uh, <laughs> the ultimate and like, look of regret. On yeah, him. and as you said, Rutger Hauer, you know, he's just you know so memorable and amazing in uh, yeah, Blade he's a good Runner. actor. He's not he's not really bad in this. He's, he's not really in it much to be honest. And and, and it's also one of those things. He's uh, he's the villain, like he's the main bad guy, but. He, He's, it's not really clear on what he wants to do with Buffy. If you sort yeah, of notice. He, like, he has very like you. Yeah, you're you're correct. Like you don't like he keeps saying like he has multiple opportunities to kill her, and he's like yeah, these vague intentions. He's not his vague not, intentions. Yeah, very and, uh, vague intentions. Like he wants to seduce her, or he wants to turn her, or he wants. Yeah, to, there's it, sort it, of that it, weird scene. With, like there's that red ribbon that also like there's like this red ribbon throughout it. Like I don't know what that's supposed to symbolize, but. Um, you know, like there's there's that scene where breaking her red ribbon. Well, there's that scene where he like like that's quite a beautiful scene, but um, like it's it's probably the only spooky scene in the entire movie for a so-called horror comedy. Um, and it's you know when she has the she she she's getting ready for bed, and she puts the red ribbon in her hair, and as she's lying down, Lothos is actually in the bed with her. Yeah. And it's done as yeah, and that's it. That's the scene. Like nothing actually really. Yeah, but then and then and then he almost does that Doctor Evil thing, you know, and almost expected Seth Green to pop out and say, <laughs> oh, "We Seth, can kill her now." You do do know Seth Green is actually yeah in yeah. I, I had to look it up. He's in. He's he reckons his part was cut, but apparently you see the back of his head when she kicks him in one of the fighting scenes at the yeah. end. Of the, oh no, you can you you get like a brief. One second shot of it. Yeah, I'm not even he's sure in, that was he's him. In with a, he's in with a group of yeah. Other I, I saw that. But I was questioning whether that was him. It was hard to tell because um, God, what was he like? Twelve then or something? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, who else is um? Uh, there's also young. Oh, I forgot yeah, about Hilary also, Swank. Oh yeah, Hilary Swank. Oscar winner Hilary Swank, who and who who also starred in 90210. Yes, yes, she did. <laughs> she did. She did. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even someone like me knows that who's not a nine hundred two one fan. No, she. I remember her being a main main. She was, oh, she was actually a main character. Uh, was well, she? No, well, she was. She was one of the girl. Like she was in quite. A, she was in a few episodes. Is that towards the end, or was it all? Uh, yeah, it was in the college years. Oh, so Luke. She had like she had a kid. Like in the show, it was about uh, her. She had a she... kid, and she was seeing Steve. Okay. Was was Luke Perry still in the show then? When she oh, was I don't it? think so. So maybe they weren't on at the same time then. Maybe I don't think so. Yeah. Let's read the, the last episode. Maybe they did did like a got all the cast back, maybe or something. Oh, I doubt it. By then, oh, I think by then she had actually sort of started to make a bit of a name for herself. Um, but yeah, she's sort of the Cordelia esque character. Um, that's incredibly vapid and in you know she's she's the frenemy. She's a frenemy. Like yeah, she's, she yeah. does a lot of stuff behind her back. Yeah, always pulling that sort of you know. Horrid face of the time, like the disgusted face with everything. You know, everything's Ugh. like she's, <laughs> she's constantly got that. Yeah, oh, she face. just seems like she's very, very jealous of Buffy. 
Uh, I think that I think that jacket looks terrible on you. The next day she buys it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh snap! And like, because Buffy, you know, goes to the jacket, going, "Oh my god, wouldn't this look amazing on me?" And then, and then she lends it to the girl who dies, <laughs> and then she's more upset about her jacket than the friend dying. Yeah. Uh, now I think we got to talk about Paul Rubens. Now, I think we might have mentioned this a little earlier. So, Paul Paul Rubens, if you're not familiar with, is, of course, the actor who plays Pee Wee Herman, who, when this film was made, uh, was in, involved in a bit of a scandal uh, involving a cinema and uh, possibly uh, some uh, uh, naked exposure in said cinema and was arrested. And there was a very infamous... Uh, um, mugshot of uh, Paul Rubens that was uh, released, and in it he looked nothing like Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> if you know what Pee Wee Herman looks like, he had the long hair, he had the goatee, and I just, I, I actually do remember. I don't know where I saw this. I, I did looking for it. Uh, yeah, it was one of the casting directors said that he saw Paul Rubens on on the news in that mugshot, and was like, oh, I want that guy for this yeah. movie. I <laughs> that, want that, that guy. That, in that's the movie. who I want in this movie. Which is yeah, which is funny. It's exactly what he looks like too. And uh, oh yeah, that was also the thing I remembered was Paul Rubin's death as well. And uh, yeah. yeah, him doing that, you know, well, dying and then it, looking hurt. And it is in the it and, was in the trailer. Um, yeah, and it seemed to go on a little too long in the trailer as well. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the tone of this movie because mm. it is like the editing. All over the place. Yeah, I I, I feel that uh, it's 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 quite hard to sort of juggle you know two sort of genres in one film. You have got comedy, horror, and it's not something that's really been done a lot. And I I think it kind of failed on both. Really, I mean, there were some funny moments, but I didn't think it was that overly funny movie. It wasn't sort of punching that you know joke a minute. Hello, it was awesome. <laughs> like no, that that was that was where the comedy comes from. The comedy was coming from the quippy, yeah. quippy lines. But then, then there was then there was some parts where there was like the uh, early in the scene when it mentioned a girl being murdered, and one bystander mentioned that it looked like a gross hickey. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. yeah, yes, yes, yeah. yes. One bystander reported Rep- that it looked like a gross hickey. I'm like what? But he had a gross hickey on his neck. Uh, what the hell was that? Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure if that was really intentionally meant to be funny or or what. <laughs> like they're just asking some random guy what it looked like, <laughs> what a mark on a dead body looked like. Um, yeah, I, I, there's a couple of moments like that that I wasn't really uh, sure it was trying, you know, trying to be funny. Yeah. So, but it also had absolute like so. Then I don't really know where the horror was coming from because honestly, there for a horror movie, there is hardly any blood. Like. Paul Rubin loses an arm. There's no blood. So they I'm guessing they're trying to go on the comedy angle with the being no blood. Um but then you lose the horror. <laughs> like there's just there was just no gore in this movie at all. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Um and then but then they had like you know the ice machine, like so that foggy stuff got <laughs> yeah. But that happens after he's just lost an arm. Like there's no no blood. Like there's nothing and I get, you know, they're dead and whatever, but even like when the humans are like when um Merrick dies, there's no blood. Mm, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. I I think they had to sort of tone it down in, in order to in order to get the low uh low, low rating. Is it rated M or PG? I, I think, think it was a PG thirteen, but yeah, or PG yeah. or 
No F-bombs in it, though. I don't think they... No, they didn't drop one. Didn't use it. No. Um. See, the thing is, though, like, uh, with, with the, the show, like what I've seen, um, uh, when they stab someone with a stake, it's, it seems quite violent in this, when they just stab a va- vampire, like where they just... Because in the show, of course, when they stab a vampire, they explode in the dust. But here, where they just kind of stab a dead body, and it's kind of just there. And it, it's a li- it seems a little more gruesome that way, I feel, like when you're just seeing someone just get stabbed. I mean, okay, you know it's a vampire, but um, yeah, I think, it, I think it's a good change they did with the show, maybe, to have that, just to seem a little less violent, maybe, I think. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, uh, what I was trying to say about the the horror element, you know, you know that that fog that you get in a cemetery. It's only spooky when it's in a cemetery, and they try to make like the scenes in the gym spooky by putting the ice machine on the like that. Yeah, as they walk out, there's like yeah, yeah, uh, there's like, like the smog there, and, and and the vampires are just all going <laughs> just, ah, ah, you know, <laughs> it, it just it does look, look. I think it's meant to look ridiculous, but it's but, definitely not. Scary. But it like looks a little too ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know. It's well, see, even the scary part, like, I mean, it's hard to look back at a film that's only 30 years old and find it scary, you know. I, I There's not too many films that can sort of hold up to that. And this one wasn't really going hardcore scary. I mean, I mean, look at It. I mean, uh, the 1990 version of It. like That, that, that only that, scarred me for life. Well, that seems scary at the time. But if you watch it now, it's just hilarious. And you just kind of, you just kind of look back and think, what the hell was I so scared? So it's kind of hard to sort of retrospectively look back and think what what really scared me about this movie? Maybe maybe the vampires were a little scary, but now they you know we're, we're sort of grown over out of that, and they just sort of seem ridiculous and just look like idiots with makeup on, going ah, you know, um, you know, we don't find definitely don't find that scary. It's been done so many times, of course. Yeah, so. but then they probably needed like perhaps a little more drama within it as well. Like so, you know, in the TV series. When someone dies, it hurts. Like it is always like the weight of a death in the TV series is always very heavy. But in this, like her friend dies and no one cares. <laughs> like all these, like when Donald Sutherland dies, there's there's just no weight to his death at all. Mm, well, it, it probably has the most weight in the in the film of any death, but it, it's they, they get over it pretty quickly and and move on. Um. And keeping in mind, she only knew this guy for a few scenes, and uh, even some of the deaths are just uh, are just really lame. Like Hot, uh, Rutger Hauer's death, uh, where he gets stabbed and just kind of rolls over and just pulls a cape over his head, and like, and that's it. And he's like, oh, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, it's always that always that trope, I guess, or the cliche that you know the the boss guy has to has to the boss guy has to die in a big huge explosion or has to you know. Has to be big and epic, falling down a cliff and looking up and going ah, you know. It has to be something like that. But uh, in uh, yeah, and this and this one was very anticlimactic. You know, she just kills him and he's dead. I'm like, okay, good. Yeah, I'd, I'd also say the movie's like quite heavily um, influenced by Heather's and Teen Wolf, especially the basketball scene. <laughs> like that, that scene with yeah, the, yeah, with, with baby 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 bat flick. Um, yeah. It's funny the the vampire uh, basketball it looks a lot like the Monstars uh, Center. If you <laughs> yes, ever noticed it does. that, yes, from the from worst, space. The first thing I saw from that Space from Space Jam. Jam, I'm like, that's that's the Monstar Center, the Sean Bradley uh, Monstar genetic mismatch they did here. Yeah. yeah, and it was funny watching the documentary on 
the making. And the director said she actually really remembered Ben Affleck because he he kept asking her questions like like what am I meant to be doing in this no, scene? What, what's my motivation? <laughs> what's my motivation? I, I don't know. Could that be true? Would he really be doing that? Asking yeah, you know, what's my motivation? Being an ex- well, just be, being a you know a one line extra in a film like this, you know. I mean, obviously, you're just going to go there and, and just uh, you know play basketball. Yeah. Well, apparently, the director wasn't actually. Well, why the movie is so all over the place? With well, its who tone. was the director again? Uh, it's Fran Rubel Kazooie. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I looked her up, and it looked like she's only made like two films or one film prior to this. Um, some Korean film, I think it might have been, or something. And uh, and this, and that, that's pretty much all she's ever ever did. So it was a, and uh, but I think she did uh, did have some producer credits on the on the Buffy the Vampire series show as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, so apparently her approach to directing this movie was to just let the actors do whatever they wanted to do <laughs> or liked it, um, which is why you've got Hilary Swank just not matching what all the other actors are doing. <laughs> like, like, yeah. It's- yeah, I'm really surprised to hear a director say that because usually they're fighting with actors who, want to, who are trying to do their own stuff and, and, uh, and just you know, are completely over it and want them to stick to the script and then you get... A director like her, who just seemed more than happy to um, uh, to let the actors do what she want. Oh, actually, hang on, something else she did. She was a producer on a Gasmo as well. So and it, yeah, direct a uh, movie Tokyo Pop. So I've never heard of that film. Um, I said a Korean film. I was way off. I think she's married to a Korean guy. Yeah, yeah, and I think a couple, one of these actors was actually in the film briefly as well. So yeah, strange to only have those uh only have those two films. In a credit, and that was they were both uh, within a few years of each other, ninety eighty eight and ninety nine ninety ninety two respectively, and that that was about it. So a lot of lot of producer credits, so well, especially with the Buffy the Vampire Slayer series and Angel as well, she did a lot of producer credits. So, but has done not not much since. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Joss Whedon was quite disgruntled about the direction that she took with the movie. Like he's renowned for on the TV series that. You don't. The actors never were allowed to ad lib. They had to stick strictly to his scripts, mm. um, and he's kind of been renowned for that now. Like a bit of a contrast, is it, to have a, someone who's a control freak and next? Well, I have a feeling he is a bit of a control <laughs> freak, um, and he, you know, he really did have a hard time with Donald Sutherland, mm. um, who in this movie also comes off as, you know, he's cre- he's so creepy, <laughs> like he's just. Yeah, yeah, like, he, like uh, he's he's just he's waiting for in 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 the changing rooms. I mean, what can yeah, get cre- at, a girl, he, at a girl he creeps up <laughs> at to a her, high school? He creeps up to her in the room. elevator, like, and he just sort of stands there and looks at her, and and then goes in. And then he's like staring at her in the gym, like while <laughs> like while they're doing while they're cheerleading, he's just standing in the gym, and then he's in the locker room, and then he's kind of creepy when he goes and picks up Pike off the road while he's drunk going. <laughs> oh, he saved him though. That's well, why. Yeah, but it, like Pike doesn't know. Pike's drunk. Like, he's, he's passed out on the roadside and he's just coming up going, oh, you can't sleep here. Well, he's just he just saved one guy. Or well, the other guy got killed, so he kind of saved him, I guess. That's probably yeah. why he did Oh, that. and I do have to say, like, Luke Perry does you know you know the quintessential bad boy in this movie 
Yeah, yeah, he played that role pretty well in the day, didn't he? Yeah, that was, you know, he's got he had the leather jacket, um, and he was drinking from a flask in a movie theater. Oh, okay, that, that's that's very cool. That that's, that's totally uh, yeah, totally the bad boy, the, totally bad boy. <laughs> and yeah, th- there are some very weird scenes in this movie as well. Well, they have the opening scene where it does that little medieval, you know, they're in a castle or something, and and uh, yeah, okay, it's only for about. It's briefly, like for a few seconds. Uh, yeah, they and go to the Middle Ages and then they go the light, like the light ages. Like I think that's the joke. Yeah. So is it, is it meant to be a reincarnation in this film? Yeah, she... I have a feeling they're reincarnated into their... It always seemed like like Merrick is always reincarnated, but he seems to always remember who he is, but Buffy doesn't and he has, he has to remind her every time. It seems like that would get really annoying. Or is he immortal or... Because it seemed like he was like the same person every time, and but Buffy seemed slightly different. You yeah, know. um, and he and yeah, there was meant to. She was meant to have a mole, but the she birthmark. Had it, yeah, yeah, but she had yeah. it removed. <laughs> yeah, I could talk about what what ends up being different from the movie. Okay, so yeah, what 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 did they keep in the show and and change from the movie? The only thing they really keep from the movie is her, like, other than her. Like she's definitely more powerful in the TV series. Yeah. Um, but she also doesn't get period pain cramps every time she sees. <laughs> yeah, a vampire. Th- that was an that was an odd choice, wasn't it? Um, yeah. I, did did is that a? Do you think Joss Whedon put that in there, or is that put in there by? by oh, I else? I don't know. The, I couldn't tell you. I haven't. Uh, you know what? I should probably read. It. There is what, a comic. Oh, there maybe is they a call comic. The, maybe they call them vamps. There is a comic. Oh, I've got some bad vamps here. Buffy or there is a Buffy Origins comic which has been written based off his original script right um i should have a look at that to see if if she um gets a period pain pain cramps in that but in the tv shows giles does say like she should be able to feel like she should have a sense when she can see like she should be able to just look in a room and see that there's a vampire yeah um but she she doesn't really but she can still kind of but she picks out the guy because of his clothes or something um, <laughs> you know, um, definitely the 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 vampires are definitely very different. Mm, yeah, yeah. You, you, in this, be... they've got the weird. All they really have is the weird ears. They've got like these pointy ears. Yeah, yeah, weird pointy ears <laughs> and, and weird pointy teeth. And the and the eyebrows too. I think they thicken the eyebrows out or something too. I think and uh, and the and the fangs. Yeah, so they're very traditional sort of yeah. looking vampires, and they seem to be in vampire mode the whole time as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in the show, they only got they get the bumpy face. Um, also, they don't disappear. <laughs> they're staked in in the mm. movie as they do in the TV show, but. Oh, also the flying thing as well. Oh, yeah, they can't yeah. fly in the movie. Yeah, although they didn't oh, really the use it a lot. TV show. They didn't use it a lot in the film, but um, no. Yeah, I th- I think that was possibly more of a uh, economic budget. choice, <laughs> yes. budget choice than a uh, an artistic one because you you can't I don't know you kind of figure when you have characters fly in a TV show that sort of adds a whole other sort of logistics of having wires and stuntmen and people you know choreographing flying through the air and. Or bad, you know, uh, CGI graphics or whatever, you know. Uh, yeah. So I really, yeah, that's probably probably a good idea in that one. I think the flying thing's a bit bit tacky. I think, isn't it? You know, vampires fly. You know, wh- yeah. wh- why do they fly anyway? I mean, they should only fly when they're a bat, and that makes sense, really, doesn't it? Yeah. Why fly when you can just fly, like you know? Yeah. yeah. Um. And the I don't know. She didn't really have healing powers in this. 
I, I didn't really think she. Was... She didn't really get injured though. Did oh, she? she did get injured. Um, you see her like she's put it like she's bleeding at one stage on her arm. Mm. Buffy from the TV series wouldn't even. Yeah. Look at that. Get it treated. It would be healed by the time she got home. Um. Oh yeah, I was I was pretty disgusted by Radka Hauer eating the kitten. <laughs> that, that feed was... me a ki- feed me a stray kitty. Yep. Um. Oh yeah, and I wanted to say about the the training montage that she has. Um, is a divinal song. Ah, now the divinals, yes. The divinals are a very, very great, legendary, I should say, Australian band. You may have heard one of their songs before, I Touch Myself. It was That was sort of their one-hit international wonder, but they were very, very popular in Australia for a long time, had many, many charting songs. In the movie, there's the training montage with the divinal song, and in the TV series... Buffy has, like, one of her friends comes from, that she knew from Henry, is at the school and she talks about how she had a crush on him and she used to pine in her room listening to the divinal song, I Touch Myself, not realising what it was actually about. (laughs) (laughs) Pining over this boy. (laughs) Um, So it comes back again, okay. Pike's uh, car that he tries to run away in looks an awful lot like the mystery machine. Yes, yes, I noticed and that And in too, the yeah. TV series, they end up calling their group the Scoobs. Mm, okay, so a few Scooby-Doo references there. Okay, very nice. I also noticed the way that Buffy dresses from the start of the movie to the end of the movie. She starts, well, you know, the movie is sort of, in that era, we're leaving the 80s and we're about to go into the grunge era. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so the start of the movie, you know, she is all in her bright, her bright, colourful, very valley girl clothes. Um, and as the movie goes on and she starts sort of being weighed down by her um, responsibilities, her fashion choices do start to really change. Yeah, well, she had the, the miniskirt jeans. Denim, denim skirt, or you had the denim skirt, and uh, it wasn't quite a flannel sort of shirt, but it was a flannel design, though, wasn't it? Sort of, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then towards the end of it, like she's pretty much just in jeans and like singlet tops and big, big shirts mm. and stuff. Yeah. So and and her clothes become far more practical, <laughs> so <laughs> to speak. And she's, you know, she stops wearing the high heels and she's in like boots and stuff. Mm. Yeah, well, there's there's definitely a lot of character growth with Buffy because she basically at the start of the film toward and the end she's a completely different person. Basically, she comes she starts off that as contrived, uh, only cares in her materialistic sort of needs, and then by the end she's more ca- uh, uh, caring and compassionate for other people and uh, and a lot less self centered. Yeah, just realizing that there's a lot more in the going on in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, learning that she is not the center of the universe. So you know, there's a yeah, there's develop character development there. Yeah, yeah, you can't really fault Christy Swanson's performance in this. It's no, no, I, I don't. And I Luke don't Perry's her. really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, Paul, I think ha- I think Paul Rubin stole, oh, he, stole the he show. He does yeah, steal yeah. the show, but then again, yeah. I think he is kind of chewing the scenery. A yeah, bit. well, look, you know, why but, not? You know, and even the, even the opening scene of him sitting on the carousel, and I'm, I'm thinking Lost Boys. What is it? Vampires on carousels. <laughs> yes, it's, it's the same scene open with them on, on the carousel. So, uh, 
just uh, but the fact of this being a TV uh, movie that was converted into a TV show. So this just this was a trend that was sort of happening a lot yeah, in, the, so, in the early nineties. So unlike some people, I actually I actually watched Buffy from the start on television, week to week. <laughs> um, a lot of it came to it for um, on you know on either DVD or like Netflix. Much later, it was mm. discovered. But yeah, at the time there were there was a trend of turning these turning a lot of m- movies into um, TV series. So I think there was Clueless and Stargate and Buffy all came out at the same time. Mm. They were all yeah, the same summer. Run, and, yeah, and these films came out uh, relatively recently too. Like so, that, uh, there was a it was a, a sort of quick jump start, and uh, it's a, it's interesting how some can be really successful and some could just completely bomb. Yeah, so you know? so Clueless didn't do so well the tv yeah. series um even though it had it actually had like a lot of the original surprisingly yeah it did i remember i think i think virtually the whole cast apart Except from from alicia Silverstone. Uh, yeah was in it so uh yeah it's surprising actually yeah, yeah when you think about it a, um, turk, a turk from yeah turk scrubs, from scrubs how yeah. old is that guy i mean <laughs> Oh, he was like twenty then. It wasn't like twenty in Scrubs. Oh no, he would have had to. No, he had a. He had. He was a surgeon. He would have had. It would have been like at least twenty eight. Yeah, but that was like in the mid two thousands. That was like fifteen years later. He turned eight years in, in fifteen years. <laughs> Is that you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Oh, I think he can play young. That's yeah, the thing. I think he can. Yes. There are just some actresses who are just constantly playing teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. Who was it the other day we came across someone who was just always a teenager, even uh, though they were like 30? Well, wasn't it the girl in 90210, like 30? <laughs> playing Gabrielle, yep. yeah. Yeah, the frumpy one. Um, but yeah, uh, just on the, on the TV show, movies. Um, um, well, Stargate was really well, successful. And, and it, it's, uh, I think I think Buffy can be in one of the, or the series can be one of the... the, the it, I don't know if you call it exceptions, but definitely the one that's overshadowed the film. Where to where to the point that people have actually forgotten that there was a film for it originally. Yeah, but you can say that about it happened with Stargate. Well, ex- as well. exactly. Yeah. Even Mash, like you know, and a lot of people haven't even seen that film. Um, you know, I did. I didn't even know there was a film to, to that. Yeah, the original. It was made from original, which I, which I think Donald Sutherland might have actually been. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't think. But was it? Uh, was. I, don't, I have never seen that. Was it played pretty straight or was it a comedy, the film? I, I really no, love to know. Um, have you seen that? Or? I, you know what? I saw it, probably saw it many, 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 many years ago. But the, the TV show wasn't really a it, – it did that, you know. Oh, was it, it was a zingy one-liners and, and all that. But um, it was – I mean, it was played for laughs. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't know how, how – if with that original film, was that funny? I don't know. I may have to watch it one day um, and find out. Mm. From memory, I don't. I think it is actually quite serious. With it's it's a drama with a few, you know, one-liners scattered throughout. You know, the comedy comes from the witty remarks throughout. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, here's one bit of trivia I do remember remember about Mash. Even though I didn't really watch it, but uh, the director who made the film, his son actually wrote the song, the theme song for Mash. Um, which, if anyone and those, are, you know, the classic theme song. Suicide is. There are lyrics to it. The song is actually called "Suicide Is Painless," and apparently, the son who wrote that song made more money from that than the father did from directing the film. 
So if that's to any account of how successful the TV show was compared to the movie, um, you know, I don't know if it was a big budget movie or a big box office draw. In fact, what box office did uh, did Buffy sort of get? I don't, I don't, I don't think it was um, a bomb per se, um, but I don't it think didn't it was have, smashing. It, well, it didn't have a huge budget to begin with. So yeah, with a pr- apparently budget of uh, seven million, and which is so absolutely grossed, nothing. Grossed worldwide, apparently sixteen. So you know, I mean, these numbers are kind of all uh, a little fictitious sometimes. They're not really you know uh, representative of what they actually mean. But apparently, it grossed sixteen mil in the US and sixteen mil worldwide. So with a yeah, open, with a budget of about seven million. So it looks like it made a it turned a profit. Yeah, nothing to sort of uh, you know get it too excited about, but uh, I guess you know enough for it to make them think that hey, you know we, yeah we there's uh, a yeah. something to make out so, of this. So so what was your favourite quote from this movie? Ah uh, well, I think uh, yeah I think Paul Rubens uh, just nailed it. Kill him a lot. <laughs> uh, definitely my favourite one. Uh, although the. Uh, 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 the news report of saying one witness said it looked like a gross, gross hickey. hickey. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those moments. I'm just imagining a reporter asking people, you know, what what a mark on a dead body looked like, and then reporting that to the news, and then the guy reading that. <laughs> That's what makes me laugh about that. Yeah, oh, I um, I do like Paul. What was so, the the Paul Rubin when you ever get that not so fresh feeling? Oh, what was it? Oh. <laughs> Kind of hinting that he could, re- that she was on her period. <laughs> well, uh, you're tying into the whole PMS, uh, yeah, uh, a procognition yeah. sense that she has. Yes. <laughs> it's odd ability, isn't it? It's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Out of all the abilities, you a woman would go for, you know, uh, superpowers, healing, PMS, super PMS. <laughs> Definitely written by a guy. Oh, <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So, 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 what would you? What rating would you uh, give it? Look, I got to say, it, it's it's not a great movie. Um, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. It's not not a bad movie. It's not terrible. Uh, there's definitely something to take from it. You know, I, it is one of those snapshot in time sort of films where you you really look at that and and you can sort of see this is what things yeah, were kind of like. It was, almost you know, in, in it was in that way. period of time. That was the, the pre-grunge you know, era, you know. So it was very '90s before grunge, and still influenced by the '80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, de- definitely have that. And as far as a rating, uh, I, I'd probably give it a low five, high four. Yeah, no, nah, it's not. It's not. It's not that great. <laughs> it's pretty harsh, isn't it? Oh, I'd probably give this. I know. Look, I I think you know what. I've still got the like. There is this nostalgia to the movie that I can't quite get past, and the fact that it does spawn like my favorite TV series of all time. I can't be too hard on it because so I'd probably go like a six. Two points for nostalgia. Well, that was fun. Our first podcast and. Yeah, I'm pooped. So, so should I go ger arg? Ger arg. So I think that about wraps it up. I'm Jared. I'm Edwina. This is our first podcast, The Nerd Subculture. Now, the next series, we'll be bringing you the Once More With Feeling, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer series. We're going to go episode by episode, counting down one by one. See if Eddie convinced me that this is the greatest show ever. I don't think she can. Grr, arg. Take care. Bye.
him a lot. 